Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to the Week 15 Review, Week 16 Preview of the 2022 NFL season. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeremy. Before we get into things, what's going on with you? How was your week? Um, Betting, not terrible. Um, A.J. Dillon, as I'm sure we'll discuss, saved me on Monday. Um, Saturday and Sunday didn't do the best. There was... um, a lot of favorites winning, which I don't think you and me uh, accounted for. No. But, I mean, there was a lot of exciting football, a lot of good games, and there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, I just we just ran through the games quick because Jeremy and I were chatting about, you know, it was a record bad week for the books this year. Um, and I said that just, I think it was week 15 last year where we posted, it's probably pinned on the Twitter still, where we posted just an absolutely unbelievable week because all the favorites won again. Unfortunately, we were on the opposite side of that. We had some insane endings in these games. It was a really crazy uh, week. A lot of good football, a lot of bad football, but we'll start to jump into this for you. Um, Thursday, December 15th, the Niners took on the Seahawks. The Niners emerged victorious, 121-13. to with Brock Purdy at the helm, the Niners now ten and four, top of their division. The Seahawks now at seven and seven after a really hot start uh, for the Niners. Brock Purdy under center, two seventeen with two TDs. McCaffrey rushed for hundred eight yards, got into the end zone there as well, uh, right before the halftime whistle. Jordan at Mason had sixty four yards uh, in that backup role. He only had four carries, but a mass sixty four yards. So a good day for him. George Kittle. Uh, four catches for 93 yards and two touchdowns. It seems to me that he is all the way back. Uh, he has just been really, really good for the past month and seeming like maybe he's taking back over that tight end two in the NFL role behind Kelsey ahead of Andrews, who has been primarily a blocker for the past six weeks. For the Seahawks, Geno Smith with 238 and a touchdown. Kenneth Walker pretty much bottled up in this one. Got banged up again as well. Didn't practice yesterday, but he amassed 47 yards on 12 carries. Lockett, another guy, got banged up, broken finger. Not sure if he's going to be sitting out this week or not. He had 68 yards on seven catches. Metcalf had 55 on seven. And then Noah Fant had 32 on five and a score. Um, Game was a little bit more low scoring than I think people thought. I thought the Niners would really be able to do it here. Uh, They covered for us, but I thought they probably had a little bit more left in the tank. Yeah, I mean, the Niners look good. Um, Brock Purdy's doing his job. Uh, The Seahawks, though, um, have kind of seemed to lost the train. I know you're a Geno guy. I'm a Geno guy. Um, They don't seem to have that... uh, That's fire anymore, but... Niners look good. Um, it's going to be interesting down the stretch here with the development of the Jalen Hurts injury to see um, what the Eagles look like come playoff time. But uh, I think them and the Eagles are easily the favorites, in my opinion. And then I know you touched on George Kittle. Uh, he does seem to be taking that spot back, the number two tight end. It's just a matter of utilization at this point. Some weeks he doesn't get to be used at all, and then some weeks you'll see him go for 100 yards and two touchdowns. We'll have to see what that looks like moving forward with Debo potentially out again. Yeah, I think for newer quarterbacks, like for younger quarterbacks, and this even was the case really with Lamar and Andrews, the tight ends are a a serious safety blanket just because it's a much bigger target to hit. And Kittle is gigantic. He's physical. 
he's going to be able to even pump your numbers up a little bit as a QB because he's just so hard to tackle. And you know he's going to be there. He's a cerebral uh, <clears throat> route runner. And I just think, like, for a guy like Brock Purdy, who, who is emerging into his role really nicely, I, I don't want to take anything away from him. It, it does really, really help to have a tight end that you can trust. So it's a, it's a good thing for San Francisco, especially heading into this really, really tough stretch, um, you know, leading into the playoffs. For the next game, we had Colts-Vikings. That was our early game on Saturday. It didn't end until what seemed like 6 o'clock. Um, Colts 36, Vikings 39. Despite the uh, Vikings taking a... Th- or the, the Colts taking a 33-point lead into halftime, the Vikings rally score in overtime, and win the game. So Matt Ryan, I'm sure you guys have all heard it by now on all the other shows that you listen, is now on the end of two of the worst comebacks in NFL history. This one, you know, not with the stakes that the Super Bowl loss had, but I think it was harder to watch just because you know the Colts can genuinely just go out there and run the ball or kneel it out or literally do anything they could have kneeled it out for the entire second half and still won the game and instead they just let the vikings come back i just don't know what was going on uh we'll jump into the Colts stats matt ryan with 182 and a touchdown zach moss 81 yards on the ground deon jackson 55 michael Pittman jr had two end arounds for 30 yards rushing uh, Pittman also had 10 catches for 60 yards. Jelani Woods had 36. Deion Jackson got into the end zone. Uh, but a majority of the points here for the Colts came on turnovers from the Vikings. So I think there was a two pick six maybe. Um, their defense played really, really well. Two picks for the Colts until the second half. Then they played like shit. And then for Kirk, uh, the, the just new nightmare. 460, four TDs, two interceptions. Lost them the first half, but definitely won them the second half in the game. Dalvin Cook, 95 yards uh, rushing. C.J. Ham touchdown, one yard, of course. K.J. Osborne, nuclear in this game. I've always been a K.J. guy. He had 157 on 10 catches in the touchdown. Jettis had 123 on 12 catches in the touchdown. Dalvin had 95 yards receiving in a touchdown. And then Adam Thielen also got into the end zone with 41 yards. So... I don't know what you took from this game. For me, the number one thing is Vikings win. They don't cover. The Colts lose, get, you know, get that extra spot in terms of tanking and still cover so that the sports books can walk away with a little bit of coin after getting washed everywhere else. Yeah, that is that is an interesting way to look at it and that's funny. Um that it is how that works. You know, the Vikings yep. come all the way back and yet they still don't cover. Um but I mean that game that was one of the greatest yet worst things I've ever watched yeah, yeah. in terms of sports. I mean the Colts, the fact that they let them come all the way back and like you said, they could have like by the fourth quarter they were still up three scores. Like they could have just, you know, ran the ball 20 times, but instead they tried to actually play football and it came back to bite them, which was kind of funny. But yeah, I mean, got to feel for Matt Ryan a little there, but at the end of the day, I mean, that's on him. So, I mean, they're done. Uh, the Vikings somehow keep winning. 
I mean, down 33-0 and they keep winning. I don't know, man. Yeah, it's just awful. And the I, this is exactly what they want, what the NFL wants. They want the Vikings in the playoffs. They are fun to watch, but their defense is just so bad. I don't think a team with an offense like this should ever be going down 33 to nothing, but somehow or another they did it. So, good win, you know, impressive, but I don't I don't know. Some people are saying this game counts for prime time. What what say you about that? I I don't I don't think so. No. No, no. right? A lot of people don't even know there were NFL games on Saturday. <laughs> I, I, so, no. No, it doesn't count for prime time. There's no way. It's it's still an it, for me, it's a 1 p.m. game on a Sunday. Uh of course it's on Saturday. I'm not going to complain. I love Saturday football, but this is uh this is as new nightmare as it gets in my opinion. So I'm glad we uh we're on the same yeah. spot there. It probably had less viewers due to the fact that it was on a Saturday because yeah. people were probably actually doing things. Yep, exactly. I mean I know I don't do shit on Sunday except watch football, so um all right, let's move on. Ravens three, Browns thirteen. This was your ugly game of the week. Tyler Huntley still under center for the Ravens. 138 and an interception for him. J.K. Dobbins is somehow going absolutely nuclear despite not being able to run properly. Um, he's still probably running like a 4.640, which is crazy considering his right knee is... I don't even know if there's ligaments in it anymore. 125 yards on 13 carries. Gus Edwards got a little bit involved. He had 55 yards. Andrews, just absolute useless blocker in this one. 31 yards on three catches. Defense played okay, holding the Browns to 13, but I think that's mostly just Deshaun sucking. Uh, he had 161 in the touchdown. Nick Chubb had 99 yards on 21 carries. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to get over 100. Mark Cooper had a decent showing. He had 58 yards on four catches. Then Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's been great the past six weeks or so, uh, 31 yards on four catches and a TD. So a lot of field goals in this game. Justin Tucker actually missed a field goal, which you don't see all that much, but... This was uh this was one that I was glad I I didn't really watch the whole game because it was it was certainly boring. Yeah, um, I mean I did watch the whole thing and it was fairly boring, um, but it looked like Deshaun was getting it going a little towards the second third quarter of the game, mm-hmm. um, and I was excited to see what that would look like going down the stretch. And then it started snowing everywhere, and both teams just reverted to running the ball for the entirety of the fourth quarter. The Ravens didn't even care if they won. It looked like they just wanted the game over with because the weather looked miserable. Um, So both teams just reverted to running the entire fourth quarter, which kind of took away the excitement. Um, But, I mean, a good win for the Browns. I don't think they're really in playoff contention. I haven't looked at the list. No, they're pretty much on the outside looking at it. Yeah, I don't think eight and eight's getting them in. Nope. Um, so if anything, the Ravens needed it a little bit more, but I mean, they're in a bad spot without Lamar. And even with Lamar, they haven't necessarily looked great. This yeah. Year. The, the defense sort of lets them down when Lamar is in, it seems. And then they play well when he's not in, but then you lack all the offensive firepower and dynamic play calling that you're able to utilize when you have a player like Lamar. So they got to get everything figured out at once. It's going to be tough to do that. Uh, I don't know what Lamar's timetable even looks like at this point, which is a little bit troubling. Um, but, you know, <laughs> they don't have a ton of time to figure it out before playoffs. So keep your eye on that. We're certainly monitoring it. Um, all right, we'll move on. This is a tough one for me to break down. I'm going to hand it off to you because 
although I wanted to watch this entire game, uh, and I centered my whole day around, you know, being ready to sit down on the couch and watch this, I did have a holiday party to attend on Saturday night. Unfortunately, it got a bit out of control. I was borderline blacked out by the time the game kicked off. Um, and, you know, I, I caught like a majority of the second half, but I looked at my phone after playing Flip Cup and I saw the scorers and I was like, am I that hammered or is something strange going on in Buffalo? So I'll let you, I'll let you break this one down. Yeah. Um, so both teams looked very good. Um, both offenses looked very good. Um, the Bills came out hot, came out hot. A little Dawson Knox action. First time I think we've seen him uh, actively yeah. get involved, it feels like, all season. That's true. Um, he was getting involved. Um, even their backup tight end, I guess they were making their tight ends a, a point of focus this week. Quentin Morris caught the first touchdown. Um, so I don't know. Their tight ends were all over the field. Um, it seems like um, Josh Allen was just going to do it himself. He was once again their leading rusher. Um, he threw 300 yards, no interceptions, so that's good to see. I know he's been having a lot of turnover problems ever since that elbow injury. But, I mean, 300 yards, four touchdowns, no turnovers. I mean, their offense looked really, really good. And they didn't even really need Stephon that much. I mean, five receptions for 60 yards. I mean, you're used to seeing him 100-plus. Yeah. And then for the Dolphins, um, Tua, good game. Um, obviously didn't match, quite match Josh's stats. But, I mean, 202, can't complain with that. Uh, no turnovers for them. Uh, Jalen Waddle was the leading receiver, but Tyreek was once again eating up all the targets. Uh, Jalen Waddle just did that thing that him and Tyreek do all the time, and Jalen Waddle took one 64 or 67 yards to the crib um, in the third or fourth quarter. So that's where he got all his yards from. And then it, it was weird. Um, Raheem Mostert was the guy uh, this oh, week uh, with Savan Ahmad. Yeah, um, man, dude. As well, yeah. So I mean, that was interesting in terms of a run game perspective. I don't, I didn't see a Jeff Wilson injury tag, but I also haven't been paying attention to his status that much. But he didn't log a snap, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, he's he's banged up. He's got a hip thing that he's um, sort of nursing. It looks like he'll be back this week, but I have been monitoring him all season because he's on my fantasy team, and he'll either give you like he gives you two really good weeks, and then he just fucking vanishes into the shadow realm with injuries. It's it's tough. Yeah, that's why I was confused because I don't I don't keep up to him that closely because yeah. he's not in my fantasy teams. And I was yeah. like, he's been their guy since moving over there. And then all of a sudden, Raheem Mostert was just running through everyone. But, I mean, he looked really good as well. So yeah. they got a little one-two punch going when he comes back. Yeah, I just don't understand how Mostert is actually, like, he really has been very serviceable this year. Like, I, I was a Raheem Mostert guy for so long. I drafted him every year. He would get re-injured every year. I think he was my I don't know if he's my keeper last year or in another league this year, but he always gets injured, and then I didn't have him this year, and he's been really good for a majority of the season. So it's just I have terrible luck with him. But, yeah, this was you know the second half I watched. I, I found it thoroughly entertaining, and it's good to see the Bills get a win. They're at 11-3 now, Dolphins at 8-6. and six. We're in really dark days for the Dolphins here. Um they're going to have to figure things out because their their playoff schedule is going to be tough. They're not going to get that by. Um, and for a period, it looked like the Dolphins were a complete juggernaut, and now they're looking very, very beatable again. So 
All right, we'll move on. Eagles, Bears, Eagles 25, Bears 20. Philadelphia Eagles now 13 and 1, the Bears 3 and 11. For Jalen Hurts, 315 yards, zero TDs, two early interceptions. He rushed for 61 yards and three touchdowns. A.J. Brown had 181 yards receiving, no TDs, but nine catches. Devontae Smith, 126 yards on five catches, no TDs. Um, man, this this Eagles team is is really, really good. It's the best Eagles team I've seen in a very long time. Unfortunately, Jalen Hurts did get injured in this game. He's got a sprained shoulder. What that means, uh, we aren't necessarily sure. Uh, sprained shoulder can mean sprained ligaments. It can mean partially torn ligaments. It can mean banged up AC joints. Uh, take it from somebody that has had shoulder injuries, severe, uh, medium to severe for the past three years of my life. They don't really go away. Um, I believe it's his non-throwing shoulder, so it shouldn't be a huge injury, but Justin Fields, the, the other quarterback in this game, is just coming off an injury with, to his AC joint. So he was able to get 152 yards and two touchdowns. He also rushed for 95 yards. He is truly just so dynamic. Montgomery had 53 yards rushing and a touchdown. Byron Pringle was found open towards uh, the later end of the game. He had 39 yards and a touchdown. Montgomery had a receiving touchdown as well. So you had Montgomery 2+. plus. Uh, you had a nice day on the books. But that Bears defense is, is gritty, you know. Um, they are pretty, they've been pretty bad, but they did show up in this game. Holding the Eagles to 25 uh, points when A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith both went over 100 yards, I think is a pretty impressive feat. They bottled Miles Sanders up pretty well. They just couldn't get a hold of Hurts. So a pretty decent game from the Bears, to be honest with you, and the Eagles, I'm sure, are happy moving into this, uh, this end portion of their season at 13-1. and Yeah, this was a spot I thought would be a little tricky for the Eagles just because uh, they haven't really played many dynamic quarterbacks, um, it doesn't feel like, and that's not really the NFC East's um, forte, per se. Um, yeah. They're pretty standard teams in terms of how they operate. And, I mean, the spread was 8.5, Bears covered. Obviously, that seemed a little large for what Justin Fields is capable of, but it's understandable the way the Eagles have been playing. Uh, I am concerned about Jalen Hurts um, moving forward. Not only as, you know, for like the Eagles playoff chances, but if you um, have him in fantasy, you might be shot. Um, I might have him. I might have been the one seed and I might now potentially be screwed. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I mean, that play they run at the goal line, though, is pretty cool um, with Jalen Hurts. Um, They scored three touchdowns on it this week, if I'm not mistaken, where they all just line up right next to him and push him into the end zone and then three touchdowns. So, I mean... The Eagles' offense is a well-oiled machine, it feels like. Um, Devontae Smith had his, you know, one game out of every four weeks where he puts up 120, 130 yards. Um, So him and A.J. Brown were unstoppable, combining for 300 yards. And then for the Bears, I mean, I know their season is over, but not all hope is lost. Um, Justin Fields did, you know, complete almost 70% of his passes, throw two touchdowns, and run for 100 yards. So not all hope is lost there. Um, um, they just need to get him something to work with on the outside so that he can throw for a little more yards. Yeah, and they're going to have Goddard back now, which is a, a huge gainer for them. That's going to be great. But 
probably going to be Minshew that's throwing to Goddard this this week, which I don't know. I don't know if people are high on Minshew or not. I, I am. <laughs> I, I really do think he's a good QB. I love him. I, I think he's electric. Um, we'll see what the offense looks like. Minshew actually, strangely enough, did not practice yesterday. So I, I actually have no idea what's going on. Apparently it was a personal matter. And he's expected to get the start this weekend, but we'll we'll have to see. Uh, quickly before we move on to Lions Jets, there are rumblings that that play where they just push Hertz over into the end zone. It he scored two that way, and then the other one was a longer run. But um, there's word that maybe it's slightly illegal, and I don't. I think there's a couple of teams that aren't so happy with the fact that it's so effective. So I think that's something worth keeping your finger on the pulse of. Uh, next year, I'll bet you there's some sort of nonsense rule that we don't hear about, and then in week one when they try and do it, they get flagged for it. So keep your eye out on that. There's There's been a lot of conversation in the darker corners of NFL Twitter regarding it. So make sure you, uh, if, if you guys are interested in that, go check it out. I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with it, but people are definitely upset, so. Um, <clears throat> let's move on to Lions Jets. Both of these teams now seven and seven. The Lions reel off their sixth win in their last seven games, twenty to seventeen. Final score: Lions cover in this pick'em. Goff two fifty two and a touchdown. Swift, uh, sort of back to RB one duties. I don't know. He didn't get the most carries, but he did have the most yards on the ground. He had fifty two yards rushing. Jamal Williams had thirty three. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, another good game for him. No scores, but he did amass 76 yards on seven catches. Khalif Raymond had 53 yards. Brock Wright had 51 and a touchdown. He was found open and just wasn't able to be tackled. Uh, they they got a nice little chunk play there with him as a 51-yard touchdown. Swift added 23 yards receiving, but not a ton of scores for the uh, Lions in this one. Gary Jacobs had an interception here. Uh, there was a kick return touchdown. Khalif Raymond returned one. It was like a 47-yard punt return, and he scored there. For the Jets with Zach Wilson at the helm, uh, Wilson didn't look as bad as maybe I thought he would. He had 317, two touchdowns, and then an interception. The run game was non-existent for the Jets in this one. Zonovan Knight wasn't able to get anything going. Sorry if you guys hear my dog scratching the floor behind me, but we'll keep moving. Uh, Garrett Wilson, 98 yards on four catches. Jeff Smith, who the fuck is that? 77 yards on four. Elijah Moore at 51 on four. And then CJ Uzama uh, with 41 yards on two catches and two TDs. So a really good game for CJ Uzama, Bengals legend. Unfortunately, Jets not able to get it done here. I don't know how you feel about the Jets, but it is starting to feel like to me that they're definitely on the outside looking in in the playoff picture. I agree. Um, they started out hot, and then obviously they fell apart a little bit there with Zach Wilson. Then it seemed like Mike White was going to be that spark to uh, put them you know, on the inside looking out instead of the outside looking in. And he was, and now they seem to be faltering again. Um, like you said, Zach Wilson wasn't horrible, but he didn't look good. Um, he missed easy throws. Um, he obviously threw an interception, but oh, that's no big deal in the NFL. But he just missed a lot of easy looks, and they just didn't seem to move the ball well. Um, they're definitely on the outside looking in. And then as for the Lions, I do think they're good. I think people yeah. want to buy into them too much. 
um, just because of the whole Dan Campbell thing and Jamal Williams. And don't get me wrong, I do like both those people, but I think people like want to buy into them too much. Like that power rankings thing that I think you you probably saw it in on Twitter this morning. It was in the chat. Um, if you had to take the Lions right now against Tom Brady in a playoff game, do you think the Lions win? No, I don't think so. I just think we've seen too much of Brady. Like when you put a quarterback like Goff up next to him, and I know like we just saw all the Bucks just fumble away a gigantic lead, but no, I, I think the Bucks would somehow pull it out. That's what I'm saying. They and they have the Lions as the eight the eight uh eight seed on the power rankings. They have the Jets as ninth on the power rankings. And they have don't get me wrong, I used to hate Tom Brady just as much as the next guy. Yeah. But the Bucks at twenty first in the power rankings, and then you have teams like this, like, dude, the Lions were just one and six. Like they could go zero and three here to end the season, and the next thing you know, everyone forgets about them again. Yeah, I know it's crazy. Um, all right, let's move on to the next game: Steelers Panthers. Good lord, Steelers twenty four, Panthers sixteen. Steelers now six and eight somehow. The Panthers five and nine. For Mitch Trubisky, no interceptions. Unfortunately, I did have that. I thought he'd throw one against this pretty stout Panthers D, but nothing going. Uh, Mitch with 179, Najee Harris, 86 yards and a touchdown. He's looked great. Uh, Jalen Warren, 38 and a touchdown. Mitch Trubisky had a rushing TD as well. He linked up with Deontay Johnson pretty well in this one. He had 98 yards on 10 catches. Pickens had 53 on two. Uh, For the Panthers, we had Darnold, 225 and a touchdown. Uh, No rushing game for this Panthers team this week a lot of receiving out of the backfield for Chuba Hubbard who had 57 yards DJ Moore had 73 and a touchdown and Terrace Marshall had 51 yards uh, on three catches as well defense just did not show up I thought that they would and they didn't the Steelers get a pretty comfy win against Carolina here yeah this is a game the Panthers should have won and at this point like I'm almost conflicted because like yeah they could make the playoffs but then our draft pick is much worse and we aren't really going to compete in the playoffs but it would be fun to watch but this is a game the Panthers should have won I mean the issue was not being able to sustain drives Um, I mean the Steelers aren't great everyone knows that Panthers aren't great everyone knows that too but, I mean, we lost to Mitch Trubisky um, and Najee Harris, both of whom have been terrible all uh, 90% of the season. Um, Sam Darnold didn't even play terrible. Um, just couldn't get the run game going um, and couldn't sustain drives. So, I mean, good win for the Steelers, I guess. This was kind of just a battle of the bottom-tier teams here um, with no real implications for the Steelers. Um, and somehow there were implications for the Panthers, but I'm okay with the loss. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to a game that I don't think anybody was expecting the outcome of. Chiefs 30, Texans 24. I'm sure everybody thought the Chiefs would win, but not in this fashion. Pat Mahomes, 336 and two TDs. Pacheco, 86 yards on 15 carries. No touchdowns for him. Jarek McKinnon, just rubber knee, bastard, stealing TDs. Uh, he had 52 yards rushing in a touchdown. He also had 70 yards receiving in a touchdown. Pat Mahomes did rush one in and had 33 yards total on the ground. Kelsey went over 100. He had 105 on 10 catches. Juju had 88 on 10. I don't know how he stayed in the game. It looked like he got murdered. Um, MVS got into the end zone as well with 26 yards. And then their defense did not show up against this Texans team. Davis Mills was able to 
throw two touchdowns passes, two touchdown passes. He had 121 yards. Royce Freeman, 51 yards on 11 carries. Davis Mills also rushed in. Uh, he had 21 yards rushing in this one. Chris Moore, 42 yards on four catches. Jordan Aikens, 22 on three and a score. And then Tegan Quatoriano with a score as well. Just a lot of really bad Chiefs turnovers, fumbles here. Um, Texans scored, I believe, on two turnovers here for the Chiefs. So I kept them in the game. I guess it's good to lose the game for the Texans. You're 1-12. and You're definitely going to have the, the first pick in the draft. But um, I don't know. It, sometimes it's good to at least get your guys to show up. And they definitely did that against the Chiefs here who had to score in overtime to get the win. Yeah, this is uh, two weeks in a row that they've tried to play spoiler. Um, fell up just short both times. Um, but they they played some good football these last two weeks, and I think that's something for them to be proud of. As you know, like you said, a one and twelve or thirteen team. Um, and I mean for the Chiefs, they need to tighten it up a little bit. Obviously, um, down the stretch here, I, Travis Kelsey's been fumbling a lot yeah, lately. He has, um, which is interesting to me. Um, so we'll see. But they still won. They're still Chiefs. And they'll be the one seed. That I mean, or the Bills. Um, but one of them's going to be the one seed heading into the playoffs here, and they're both in good shape. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, let's move on. Falcons, Saints. Falcons cover for us, but fall to the New Orleans Saints. Both of these teams now five and nine. Uh, three point margin here. Falcons eighteen, Saints twenty one. Desmond Ritter <laughs> in his first start, not able to get a ton going. Fifty percent on completions with ninety seven yards through the air. Tyler Algier kind of ran the show. He had 139 and a touchdown. Quarter of Patterson at 52 and a touchdown. Drake London did amass 70 yards on seven catches, which is good. A little bit of chemistry between him and Ritter maybe uh, blossoming, but Ritter's definitely going to have to play better if he wants to win uh, in this league. Dalton, 151 uh, and two TDs. Taysom Hill, 80 yards passing and a touchdown. Kamara had 91 yards on 21 carries. Good to see him sort of uh, emerging again. Uh, He's only had a couple of really good games this year. It's been mostly quiet, but Rashid Shahid was the, uh, I'd say, key point of this game. He had 95 yards receiving and a touchdown. Jawan Johnson also had two touchdowns and 67 yards. Pretty, pretty good performance from that Saints receiving core, even though they're kind of depleted without Landry playing well, without Mike uh, Thomas being in. But you can't really complain if if these guys are going to show up for you. So a good win for the Saints. I guess they're still sort of in contention for the division. It seems like all of these teams are in contention for the division. And yeah, I don't know. This was actually a fun game, I thought. Yeah. I agree. Um, I wish we could have seen a little more of Desmond Ritter in terms of what he can do. It seemed pretty conservative play calling, which still didn't even really work, obviously, based on his, you know, completion percentage and yards. Um, but I do like Tyler Algier. I think the chances he's gotten this year, obviously, he's been behind Cordero most of the year. But when they give him the rock a lot, he seems to perform well. And I think um, with Cordero getting older, he could be a good spot for them next year. Um, so we'll see how that works for the Falcons. And then for the Saints, if you told me that Rashid Shahid and Jawan Johnson would be their two most consistent wide receivers down the stretch, I would have looked at you and said, I have no idea who either of those people are. And now, down the stretch, I mean, Jawan Johnson's arguably Andy Dalton's favorite target. Yeah, it he's feels good. Like, feels like he's getting six, seven, eight targets a game. And then Rashid Shahid, once every three games, goes for a 75-yard touchdown. It's like, what is going on? 
in New Orleans. But, uh, yeah, so that's interesting how Olave's kind of fallen to the backseat. Michael Thomas obviously pulled a Michael Thomas and is injured. And then Alvin Kamara's been doing nothing until this week. So I don't know what's going on over there. That whole division's a mess. But uh, we'll see how it plays out these last couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, We'll move on to probably the game of the week. I mean, this one was, was an absolute blast to watch. Jags 40, Cowboys 34. Despite the Cowboys taking like a 17-point lead uh, into the fourth quarter, they fall to the Jacksonville Jaguars after an absolutely inspired defensive performance from them late on in the game. For Dak, 256, three touchdowns, and two very costly interceptions, which we mentioned last week. Dak throws a lot of picks when it matters, not just like throwaway picks, just, you know, going for it on third, getting picked off, you get the ball right back after a three and out. I'm talking scoring picks, either return for for a pick six, return for six, or return for really good field position, and it's becoming a problem. Uh, For Pollard, he was the lead back here, 75 yards on 19 carries, Ezekiel Elliott, 58 and a score on 16 carries. C.D. Lamb showed up late. He had 126 on seven catches. Noah Brown had 49 uh, on six with two scores, and then Peyton Hendershot got into the end zone as well. He had just one reception for 20 yards, but he did score on that play. Defense not available for the Cowboys in this game. They just looked so bad. They called, they asked him to show up, and they just didn't pick up the phone. For Trevor Lawrence, another master class, 318, four TDs, an interception, but they were able to pull it out, so who cares? Travis Etienne, 103 on 19 carries. Jamal Agnew, 52 on three. Uh, Zay Jones showed up. He had 109 yards on six catches and three scores. Christian Kirk had 92 yards on six catches, and Marvin Jones had 17 on two and a score. Rayshon Jenkins had pretty much the most unbelievable game you can have uh, as a defensive player. He had nine tackles, nine assists, and two interceptions. One of those returned for pick six to win the game for the Jags. So I don't know, man. I don't know what you're you're thinking about the Jags here moving into the playoff period. It's it's tough for them. I don't really think we're going to get to see them. But the Cowboys fumbling here and, and losing – they're now 10-4. and four. It's tough. It's really tough for them. They have a huge matchup against the Eagles this week. And the Jags continue to look really feisty. Yeah, I mean, the Jaguars, I don't know. It feels like they've been up and down all year. Um, early in the season, we liked them. Then we said they had us fooled and that they're bad. And now they're playing good offense again. Um, I think that's just kind of, you know, with their team being young. Uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence, ETN. Um, I mean, arguably your two best players are young. And then Christian Kirk, obviously this is his first year as a wide receiver one. So they got a lot of uh, stuff that they're figuring out, but they look good. Um, I mean, this was, like you said, probably the game of the week. This was really exciting to watch. Uh, comeback was very exciting. Zay Jones being the hero of the day um, was not something I expected, but he, you know, looked good, three touchdowns. And then for the Cowboys, like you said, Dak Prescott, yeah. I don't know. And I don't know. People yeah. like him. I've never been a huge believer. Um, I know you're not a huge believer. Um, maybe the only huge believer left at this point is what Skip Bayless, Stephen A. Yeah. Smith. One of the- <laughs> well, I think oh, it's I think it's Skip. Skip's the Cowboys fan. Yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah. I mean, 
I don't know, dude. These turnovers, he's got to cut them out if he wants to, uh, you know, be that guy in town down there in Dallas. Yeah, it's it's really tough. So we'll move on to the next one. Cardinals 15, Broncos 24. A Russell Wilson-less Broncos team with a very nice win here. They're now 4-10. and 10. Cardinals are also 4-10. and 10. We'll start with the Broncos. Brett Rippon, 197, a TD and an interception. Latavius Murray turned back the clock for 130 yards and a score. Marlon Mack had 37 and a score. Eric Tomlinson had a TD in this game, 28 yards and a score. Jerry Judy had 76 yards on seven catches. Other than that, not a ton to talk about besides Pat Sertain and Justin Simmons having a fantastic game. Justin Simmons with two interceptions, Pat Sertain with one. Uh, For the cards, Colt McCoy and Trace McSorley, your two QBs in this one. Colt McCoy got injured. He had 78 and an interception before getting out. Uh, Trace McSorley had 95 and two interceptions, so not a great game for them. Connor did get into the end zone. He had 63 yards on 16 carries, but the Broncos' defense definitely showed up. Uh, Marcus Golden did have an interception for the Cardinals, or that was actually Buda Baker, my bad. Uh, But a really, really poor uh, showing from them, and I just think it really does come down to you know, missing Kyler, your tempo is going to be off. Colt McCoy stinks. Trace McSorley's even worse. Uh, once, once McCoy got injured, there was there was no way they were ever going to get back into this game. Yeah, I mean, we don't. I don't need to really get into this game. I mean, two bad teams. It's just kind of funny that the Broncos can win with a guy who is probably making the league minimum. Yep, um, and is in the NFL strictly because his uncle. Um, was a Super Bowl MVP at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Brett Ripien played at Boise State, and it's not like he blew people out of the water. So I'm not really sure how he's around and winning games, but good for him. And then for the Cardinals, uh, yeah, their their season's done. Um, speaking of people that shouldn't be in the NFL, Trace McSorley was never good at Penn State, shouldn't be in the NFL. Um, but yeah, that game was just not even worth anyone's time that cares about good football. Very fair assessment. Uh, okay, a couple more games here before we get into picks. Uh, Pats Raiders, another entertaining game. Um, probably shouldn't have been a Raiders win, but it was. They're now six and eight. The Pats are seven and seven for Mac Jones, who stinks, by the way. One twelve, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Ramondre Stevenson went absolutely nuclear. He had 172 yards rushing and a TD. Jacoby Myers was the lead receiver, but also blew the game. Uh, he had 47 yards on two catches. The defense for the Pats played well for the majority of the game, but played really, really poorly there towards the end. Uh, they let that Keelan Cole touchdown in at the end, which probably shouldn't have been a touchdown, but I don't know. There's nothing we can do about it, honestly. It just happened. It is what it is. Uh, the Raiders win off of it, basically. Derek Carr, 231, three TDs, an interception. Josh Jacobs had 93 yards on 22 carries. Keelan Cole had that TD I talked about. He had 50 yards. Darren Waller, back from doing crack, I guess, for eight weeks. Uh, he had 48 yards and a touchdown, and then Matt Collins had 40 and a touchdown as well. Um, and then at the end, that unfortunate lateral miscue I don't know what it was where Myers tried to get Mac Jones across the field and then it got picked off and returned to the end zone Raiders win they cover I don't know dude I 
this game was such a mess. Yeah, I mean, this that ending was the least Bill Belichick thing I've ever seen. I'm sure he had quite a few words for their team following that. Um, I mean, that's pretty much the exact the exact opposite of what he preaches from a football standpoint. Um, was it smart on Ramondre's part to make the original lateral? Not necessarily, but that was a one-yard lateral, um, and he was just trying to make a play. I mean, Jacoby Myers threw the ball 25 yards backwards right into the hands of the Raiders' defense. I mean, I don't know. But uh, that was definitely a funny ending. Um, the Raiders win somehow. Um, it feels like they win when you least expect it. Um, and when they play these bad teams, they lose. So we'll see down the stretch here. These are two teams that I also feel are on the outside looking in. Obviously, the Raiders a little more than the Patriots with their record, but uh, just in terms of play from both teams as well. Yeah, it's it's crazy for sure. Um, okay. We have, I think, three more games before. Uh, Titans, Chargers. Titans, 14. Chargers, 17. Ryan Tannehill got banged up in this one. He had 165 in an interception before going out and then coming back in. Derrick Henry did get over 100. He had 104 and a score. Ryan Tannehill also had a rushing TD. Henry had 59 yards receiving. Chig Okonkwo had 54, but they weren't able to get anything to their wide receivers in this one. For Herbert, 313, two interceptions. Eckler had 58 and a TD. Kelly had 24 and a TD. Keenan Allen's looked really good since coming back from injury. He had 86 yards on eight catches. Mike Williams had 67 on four. Palmer had 49. Everett had 42. Um, and the defense for the Chargers definitely showed up here. They're really banged up, uh, but they have looked pretty good the past two or three weeks now. So really good for the Chargers. They're now in the playoffs. They're 8-6. and six. The Titans are 7-7, seven and seven, have a couple of losses in their last four or five. And it's starting to look dark for the Titans here. It's starting to look like maybe Tannehill uh, is, is past his expiration date. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, that division is going to be exciting down the stretch here um, with the Titans kind of falling apart, the Jags making this push here. I mean, the Jags could take that spot. They're only one game out. Um, And as for the Chargers, I mean, good for them. Um, All these injuries, we've talked about it all year. Um, And now they're getting back to full strength, winning football games, eight and six. They're in a great spot here heading down the stretch. I feel like they're just heating up, too. They're not a stumbling eight and six. They're a rising eight and six. Um, Titans, something to watch out for. Uh, Tannehill did leave the game, and I think he is questionable for this week. I don't know know how questionable. I don't know, you know, it's on what side of questionable these days since they don't use probable anymore. Uh, So we'll see. Um, But I don't think Malik Willis will be the answer down the stretch here, but who knows? Yeah, I'm not sure what to expect either. Um, <clears throat> okay, let's jump into another entertaining one. Bengals 34, Bucks 23. Despite the Bucks taking a 17-0 lead in the first half, the Bengals get three points before going into the tunnel and then rally off 31 in the third and fourth quarters to the Bucks 6, win this game cover easily. Uh, just a masterful performance from Joe Burrow down the stretch here. 200 yards, four TDs, an interception. Uh, n- essentially no rushing game for the Bengals here. They only ran 14 plays in the first half. 
but uh, they really, really turned it up in the second half. Jamar Chase, 60 yards on a touchdown. Boyd, 35 and a touchdown. Mitch Wilcox, 34 and a touchdown. We had T. Higgins get into the end zone as well after being a ghost last week. He had 33 and a score. For the Bucs, uh, Tom Brady, 312, three TDs, two interceptions. Leonard Fournette, 44 yards. Chris Godwin had 83 and a score. Russell Gage had 59 and a score. Uh, Carlton Davis had an interception for them too. But it was the fumbles and the picks and just the terrible turnovers. Four turnovers on four possessions for the Bucks in the second half. Just so, so bad. Ball security has been really poor. It was awful in this game. The Bengals get a win just because the Bucks threw the game away. I just, I don't even know. Like, this is so uncharacteristic of a Tom Brady team. And we've seen it sort of often this year. Just not valuing leads, not protecting the football. And this is the kind of shit that happens when you play against a good team. They're always going to get back into it when you're not taking care of the football. Yeah, I mean, this game was the scoreline was a product of one bad quarter. Uh, yeah. Like you said, they had a lot of turnovers that third quarter. They had two picks and a fumble. Maybe it was two fumbles and a pick. I believe it was two picks and a fumble. And that kind of threw the game for them. I mean, you go into halftime with all the momentum, you're up two scores, and then to, you know, leave the third quarter losing, uh, that never bodes well. Bucks stumbling, um, but still. Can't count out Tom Brady, as much as I hate to say it. And they do have a lot of weapons. They just need to, uh, you know, kind of figure it out here down the stretch. Yeah. Um, and then for the Bengals, they're hot, man. They are uh, they're as hot as it comes, it feels like. 10-4, um, and four, Joe Burrow throws another four touchdown passes. Not a ton of yards, but when you're getting the ball in the 35, that tends to happen. Um, Smash P. Ryan is contributing now. It's weird, these teams with their backs now. It feels like once their starting running back gets hurt um, for a little bit, it's all the back up the rest of the season. And we've seen that with Samaje. Uh, A.J. Dillon is now pretty much the lead back in Green Bay, it seems. We'll talk about that then. Uh, Jamal Williams all year with the Lions. So it's weird with the running backs just here in the NFL, but a lot of a lot of contributors around the league. Uh, but, yeah, for the Bengals, they're looking good, man. Yeah. Um, okay. Giants, Commanders. Giants 20, Commanders 12. Both of these are – the Commanders are 7, 6, and 1. The Giants now 8, 5, and 1. Uh, for the Giants, Daniel Jones, 160 yards passing. Saquon Barkley had 87 yards and a touchdown. Richie James had 42 yards. Hodgins, 37. And then Barkley with 33 yards uh, receiving as well. Defense played really well. Kayvon Thibodeau, just such a good player. He was all over Heineke in the first half. Heineke did have 249 yards. He had a touchdown. Brian Robinson Jr. looked really good. He had 89 yards rushing on 12 carries. Uh, Heineke had 33 yards. Jahan Dotson, fantastic game from him. 105 yards receiving and a score. McLaurin had 70. He got banged up there towards the end by the ref. Just totally fucked him. Looked like Terry looked at the ref, made sure that he was lined up the right way. The ref tells him, move up a little bit. And then he throws the flag right on him as soon as the ball is snapped. Just just really bad business um, from the refs there. What, what an absolute disaster. Very possible that the Commanders could have scored there, uh, but instead they had to settle, and they lose the game. Really, really unfortunate here, but what are you going to do? That's that's football. Yeah, I agree with uh, – well, I don't agree with the ref, but I agree with that analysis. That's yeah. kind of – It's shitty. Not, 
Yeah, that's not good for the NFL. I mean, ball on the one-yard line in a game that the team's just tied. I don't know about you. I was rooting for another tie. I thought that'd be funny. Yeah. Um, but in a game that team's just tied, the wide receiver asks you to make sure he's in line. You tell him to move up a little, and add, he is moving up, and then you throw the flag anyways. Um, and my issue is, you know, whether he was in position or not, right, yeah. he wasn't part of the play. They ran the ball up the middle and scored from the one-yard line. It's mm-hmm. not like he made a game-changing block or, you know, did something to help them in that play. He stood there. He didn't even block the guy. He literally stood still and got a flag. So I didn't like to see that. Um, but what I did like to see, Jahan Dotson, like you said, he looked very, very good. Um, he's only played like five or six games this year, but it seems like every time he's in there, man, he's catching touchdowns, he's making big plays, and I think he's a weapon that the commanders are going to be happy to have here um, in the next couple of years. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> All right, let's uh, let's move on to our final game of the week: Rams Packers. Rams twelve, Packers twenty four. Baker Mayfield one eleven, a touchdown, an interception, ones across the board for Baker. Uh, Cam Akers sixty five yards rushing on twelve carries. Cam Akers thirty five yards receiving. Uh, Higby got into the end zone, but it was just not a good day for the Rams offense here. Um, Taylor Rapp had an interception, but outside of that, their defense didn't play that great either. Um, for Rodgers, 229, a touchdown, an interception. It was the run game that got everything accomplished in this one. Aaron Jones had 90 yards rushing. A.J. Dillon had 36 and two scores. Uh, Aaron Jones had 36 yards receiving and a score as well. Uh, Russell Douglas had a nice game. He had six tackles and an interception. Romeo Dubes back from injury. He had 55 yards on five catches, even though he was on a snap count. Watson had 46 on four, and it looks like the Packers are sort of starting to figure it out, but this Rams team is just so bad, and I'm, I'm saying a prayer for the overbetters in this one because it just barely missed. Yeah, um, I feel I do feel bad for those betters, but yeah. this, uh, I don't know, this game, it seemed like it was going to be a run game. It's weird how missing one player, obviously he could, you know, he's every year in and year out the best defense player in the league, but it's weird how missing one player and Aaron Donald can kind of ruin your whole defense. I mean, the the uh, Packers, like you said, ran all over them. They ran for almost 150 yards, um, and that was with A.J. Dillon having to leave the game too. And... The Rams did well um, in terms of moving ball for what they have. I mean, Cam Akers looked really good. Uh, he made plays out of the backfield, both receiving and rushing, but, I mean, they were never going to win this game. Packers heading into the playoffs, so like you said, I think could be fun. It seems like these young guys are figuring it out a little bit. Romeo, though, looked good coming back from injury. Christian Watson's obviously looked pretty good the last, you know, four or five weeks with all these touchdowns he's been scoring. And then uh, if Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon can do their job, this could be a dangerous uh, dangerous bottom seed here uh, come playoff time if they can stay hot. Yeah, absolutely true. Uh, okay, I suppose we will jump into our Week 16 picks. Uh, we have a bunch of Saturday games. We have a bunch of Sunday games. I can't wait. I absolutely adore um the Christmas season football. I mean, it's just absolutely fantastic. We have all kinds of stuff going on on Christmas Day. We have NBA. We have NFL. I, there might even be uh, college football games. No, there is not college football. No bowl games. I misspoke. But let's uh, let's jump into this. Thursday. There's, What's up? There's one. 
actually. Oh, there is one? Middle Tennessee State versus San Diego State. Oh, yeah. That's an absolute banger. Not going to be able to miss that one. Um, <laughs> okay. So, yeah, let's jump into these games. Uh, on Thursday, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the New York Jets. It looks like Mike White going to be uh, out again. He was ruled out already. It's going to be Zach Wilson. The Jags, one-and-a-half-point favorites. I don't know what the money looks like. I don't want to look at it. I'll take the Jags at minus one-and-a-half. It feels right to take it the does. Jags at minus one-and-a-half here. I know people might be on um, the Jets. It feels like a game where, you know, smart money would be on the Jets. Um, but... I'm going to go with the Jags, too. Give me the Jags' money line. They've been playing better football. Zach Wilson sucks, dude. Give me the Jags. I don't think the Jets put up 20 points. Okay. Cool. Um, all right. New York versus the New York Giants versus the Minnesota Vikings. The Giants currently three-and-a-half-point dogs, plus 176 in Minnesota. So they really think this game is a pick em. Uh I don't know where you stand on this one, but it's your pick. Yeah, I'm going to take the Vikings minus three. Um, I'm going to buy that half point. Yes, it got us a push last week. I don't care if it pushes again. Um, I don't think this should be a pick on uh, The Giants are not are not what people thought they were the first couple weeks of the season. They were, what, 7-1? and one? They're now 8-5-1. and one. Yep. So um, that tells you everything you need to know. Vikings just somehow pulled off the greatest comeback in NFL history, and I think they'll carry that momentum into this week. So I'm going to take the Vikings minus three here. Yeah, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to do the same thing by the point or by the half point. I don't want to get hooked. Uh, here's how I'm looking at it. It's a 1 p.m. Saturday game. We just saw what Kirk did Saturday at 1 p.m. It's Christmas Eve. I promise you the numbers, the people watching are going to be down because people just do a lot of stuff on Christmas Eve. Uh, I promise you I will not be. I will not be doing anything besides sitting on my couch while everybody else in my house is doing festive things, and I'll be watching Red Zone. I'll be watching Red Zone, spending my Christmas Eve with Scott Hansen, um, and I think Kirk knows that. I think he's going to show up. I think uh, Vikings minus three is, is where the money's at, and only 52% of the money is on the Vikings at this point. So not too scary. We only got a couple of days till game day. Uh, keep your eye on the movement. But I think there's definitely some value there. Uh, up next, New Orleans versus Cleveland. The Saints currently two-and-a-half point dogs against the Browns. Over-under set at 32-and-a-half. Um, it's my pick. I'm going to go with the over. I know it's going to be really cold in Cleveland. That's why the uh over under is so low but i do think that the saints can score 20 points at will that would only really lead me to think that the browns need to score two touchdowns i think it could be a close game uh so what i'm going to do is just take the over 32 and a half and say a prayer okay nice um this is a game where i do like the browns i'm just hesitant to take uh three favorites first three picks off the board here yeah Although, I mean, I guess the Jags aren't technically favorites. I mean, the money line is minus 108 on both sides of the coin. Um, so I guess that really is the definition of a pick But I do like the Browns my student half. What I am going to do, though, I'm going to take a Nick Chubb touchdown. Um, I mean, they just like Tyler Algier um, and the corpse of Cordero Patterson, who's reemerged these last two years, run for 200-something yards against them. Um, and that was in a dome. 
Um, and now they have to travel to cold Cleveland where the only player on their team that's ever played in that weather is Andy Dalton. Yeah. And they're going to try to tackle Nick Chubb for three hours. I don't think that's going to go well. So I'm going to take a Nick Chubb touchdown. All right. Uh, I do want to say Chubb did not Hard. practice yesterday. You're the foot injury, um, which at that point I'd take the cream punt touchdown. I just don't think there's a way that they're going to stop either of those running backs from running all over them after what I just watched Tyler Algier do to them. All right, so what we'll do is just void that pick if Chubb's ruled out, and it won't be a problem. Um, or I'll sub in Hunt if if that's what you want. Uh, okay, uh, Lions-Panthers up next. Detroit currently a two-and-a-half-point favorite against Carolina. They're minus 152 on the money line, over-under set at 43-and-a-half. It's your pick. It's like a trap. Yeah, it is. It- Look at the money. Oh. My goodness, yeah, this does look like a trap. Yep, feels like a trap. Probably trap. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what I'm gonna do, I am gonna go with a long shot here. Um, instead of betting on either team getting involved with any of that nonsense, I'm gonna take uh Chubba Bubba with touchdown. Uh, he's been getting the ball a lot these last two weeks. I don't know why we kind of stopped. Giving him the ball <clears throat> to start the season after he was very good last year. And now he's getting the ball back. So I'd like to see him score. You're going to go with Hubbard? Yep. Okay. I, think, I think the odds will be really high. Um, and I think it's worth a shot. I don't want to get involved with any of the main line bets on here. All right. If it looks like a trap and it walks like a trap, then it probably is a trap, and I'm going to walk into it. I'll take Lions money line. It's minus 152. It's good for a parlay. One of us has to be a sucker, and I will happily do it. Maybe please, Vegas is the sucker. Please, we saw what happened this week. Please say a prayer for me, because if I do that on some of these other games, I'm going to be in serious trouble. Uh, okay, Bengals, Pats up next. Bengals currently three-and-a-half-point favorites against New England at Gillette. Uh, Pats plus 142 on the money line. Bengals minus 168. Over-under set at 41-and-a-half. This is another trap game. Ah, I hate it. I hate it so much. Um, I really don't know what to do here because I don't want to take touchdown scores. I think it's going to be a run-heavy game. It's going to be really cold. Mixon hasn't been scoring though, and P Ryan is like around. I just like don't know what to expect. Stevenson's been a pretty good pick, but I don't think he goes as nuclear as he did last week. Um plus they're like shuffling him around. We saw Pierre Strong, we saw that other guy. I, I guess I'll take a Mixon touchdown, but this is like this is probably my worst pick of the week. I hate it. Yeah, um, I'm with you in terms of A, this is a trap, and B, I do think it's a little more run-heavy than usual. I'm going to go with the under. Um, the Bengals' run defense has been serviceable, yeah. um, so I think they could limit you know, Ramondre and not let him run all over them for 200 yards like a lot of other teams have. And I think the Patriots will do enough to stop the Bengals. I think pretty low scoring, maybe 20-17, to 17, final outcome, maybe 20-14. So I'm going with the under here. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I mean, even if it's twenty seven to fourteen, you're still gonna get uh you're still gonna get that under. So I I think that's a pretty good pick. 
Um, up next, we have Bills Bears. Bills currently eight and a half point favorites. Headed to Soldier Field. Bears have two home games in a row. Over under set at 40 and a half. Where do you stand? This is another big spread yep. for the Bears, I think. I think I do like the Bears. Plus, if I were to go nine and a half, I think I'd like them. I just, I'm going to take the over because okay. I do think the Bears spread. Um, but that does give me some room that if the Bills just dominate on offense and the Bears don't really get a chance to cover the spread even while scoring. So I'm going to go with the over at 40 and a half here, but I do think this is a good spot for the Bears to cover the spread again. Yeah. I mean, if the Bears defense shows up like it did last week against the Eagles, who are another really dynamic offense just like the Bills, then I do think that they're going to stay in this game. And I think this year the Eagles are a better team than the Bills, and the Bears were able to co- able to cover against them. So I think it's a good it's a good pick. I I really do uh, think the Bears could cover. Over is safer, for sure. What I'm going to do is go with a Stefan Diggs touchdown. He boned me last week, but I do think that Allen will try and find him a little bit more this week against the Bears secondary, who is just not sharp. Uh, so I'll go with a Diggs TD. And we'll move on to the next one. The Titans up against the Texans. Tennessee currently a four and a half point favorite, minus two twenty five on the money line, over under set at thirty seven and a half, which seems crazy to me. It's not gonna be that cold in Tennessee. It's my pick, and what I'm gonna do is go for Henry two plus because I'm not missing out on the absolute nightmare that he's gonna cause for the Texans. So Henry two plus for me. The odds are probably not even gonna be that good, but I do think that he scores twice. I like it. Um, this might be the game where you go with uh, the first touchdown two plus parlay yeah. strategy to bring the odds. Um, I think that might be a decent play there, um, and definitely something I'll be looking into. What I am going to do, I'm going to go with the under. Um, even if Derrick Henry gets in twice, I still only see the Titans scoring twenty points, and I think the Texans are due for some regression on offense after the last two weeks. So I'm going with under thirty-seven and a half. All right, fair enough. Um, okay, your pick up next, the Falcons against the, or no, sorry, the Seahawks against the Chiefs. Seahawks currently 10-point dogs against the Chiefs. They're plus 370 on the money line, over-unders at 48.5. Your pick, where do you stand? We know how we feel about the Chiefs and these big spreads. I know, I'm, I'm going with Seattle. Interesting here, 52%. Our, uh, 63% of the bets are on Seattle, but 52% of the money is on Kansas City, which means the big betters think Kansas City's covering here. Um, I do think they are due for a big a big cover one of these weeks. Um, is it going to be this week? I don't know. Am I going to walk into the trap? For sure. I'm going to take the Chiefs minus 10. The Seahawks are stumbling. The Chiefs are going to want to ride the momentum in the playoffs, and hopefully they don't turn the ball over 47 times and keep it close. Yeah, I mean, I can I can for sure see this going either way. It's very possible that we even get a push here. So I'm going to go on the Seattle side. Jeremy's going to be on the Chiefs side, and, and we'll see who prevails here. Uh, up next, we have Falcons-Ravens. Falcons currently 7.5-point dogs in Baltimore against the Ravens. Falcons plus 290 on the money line, over-under set at 37.5. I am taking Falcons plus 7.5. 
They've been really good for me this season. I'm not going to doubt them. I think Ritter probably will have a better game this week than he did last week. And I think the Falcons could absolutely stay in this game, if not win it. Yeah, I don't know, dude. The Ravens situation is not comfortable nope. for me at the moment. What do I want to do here? You can't even bet Mark Andrew anymore. That used nope. to be that used to be out on Ravens games was Mark Andrews. Oh man. What I am going to do, I don't know. I am going to take Tyler Algiers rushing line over. It's probably only going to be like 50 yards, and I think they're going to get him more involved here down the stretch because they know they can't use Cordero forever. Um, his career's got to end eventually. Um, so, I mean, they did draft Algier this year for a reason. Um, so I'm going to take his over on his rushing line. It's only probably going to be 45, 50 yards, but I do think he's going to get a lot of touches again. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll probably be just around 55. That's typically where they set his line. It Well, typically it's around 45, but after last week where he had like 117 or whatever it was, it's definitely going to get bumped up. So I do think it's a good pick. I, I totally like that. And they use him out of the backfield. Sometimes he gets pitches that count as rushes. Like it, I think that's a great pick. Uh, okay, up next we have Washington versus San Fran. Uh, Washington currently seven and a half point dogs against San Fran in San Fran. Uh, Commanders plus 265 on the money line over under set at 37 and a half. It's your pick. See, the Commanders defense has been playing better as of late, and it makes me nervous to pick the Niners. But the Commanders offense didn't look great. Um, They did get a little bit gone, but I mean, what, the 12 points against the Giants? That's not great. Um, what am I gonna do here? They're not. There's no way Kittle gets involved this week. God forbid they let him get involved two weeks in a row. Um, what I am going to go with? I'm gonna take the over. Um, just because I do have a feeling somehow the Commanders are gonna cover this, and I think if they cover it, they probably went outright and they put up a bunch of points. So I'm gonna go with the over thirty-seven and a half. Okay, fair enough. Um, I'm looking at the numbers here. It is. It is harrowing how much money is on San Fran. I mean, at seven and a half, it's it's just tough because they can win this game by a touchdown and really outplay the Commanders and still not cover the spread. So, um, I might buy it down a little bit. This is a this is a fucking this is a freak ass pick. I'm gonna buy them down to five and a half which is minus 162 i do think that they win this game by a touchdown i don't want to get boned by an extra uh, by a extra point missed extra point so i'll take niners minus five and a half but um okay let's move on to the next one we have the eagles taking on the cowboys it does appear at this point that we will i say we now that the Eagles will be out or without Jalen Hurts. They're currently four and a half point dogs in Dallas. They're plus 176 on the money line, over under set at 47 and a half. Majority of the money is on Philly. Makes sense, but I don't know. I'm going to take a Sanders TD. I think without Jalen Hurts taking the opportunities away from Miles Sanders, that he will absolutely get into the end zone. 
I do have faith in Gardner Minshew moving us down the field. I think we'll have a couple of first and goals where Sanders can just really take up those opportunities. So I'll go with Miles Sanders' score. I really like that pick. Um, that's that I'm definitely going to follow come Saturday. I do like that. But for the sake of variety, I'm going to go with Dallas Goddard. Touchdown, yes, he's coming off the IR, um, but that means you should be getting good odds on him this week. I would imagine yeah. probably plus 200 because they're un- yeah. 200 more because they're unsure of his comp, you know, how many routes he's going to run. But last year when Minshew started, he was Minshew's favorite target. He went for over 100 yards and two touchdowns. He had that stick, like 50-yard touchdown. Um, and I could see Minshew using him as kind of his safety blanket again because he doesn't have, you know, that rapport bill with A.J. Brown. So I'm going with Dallas Goddard touchdown. I think the value is very good. All right. Then we have primetime Saturday night, Las Vegas taking on Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Raiders currently two-and-a-half-point dogs. They're plus one side on the money line, over-under set at 39. That's your pick. This one is really tough. I am going Raiders money line. Um... The Steelers, I don't know. I just, dude, I have a tough time betting on the Steelers when they're favorites. It doesn't feel like they should be favorites in many games. Um, not that the Raiders should necessarily be favorites in many games at this point either. But I'm going to go with the Raiders money line. Um, and I need Raiders money line for my fantasy season. So let's go Raiders. Okay. Um, it's tough because Franco Harris died. And they're and they're uh, retiring his jersey this week. I know uh, they're they're going to be turned up, man, like all the way turned up. And Pittsburgh fans are notoriously really really good fans. Um, maybe it's a sucker bet to go for the over, but the Steelers did put up some points last week, and I think the Raiders are obviously very capable of that as well. I'm going to take over 39. I think there's there's a good chance that we can eclipse that total or maybe even get a push. So I'm going to go there. You're going to go with Raiders money line, and we'll forget about it until Saturday night. Uh, up next, Packers-Dolphins. Good Lord. Packers currently three-and-a-half-point dogs against the Dolphins in Miami. Packers plus 164 on the money line, over-under set at 48-and-a-half. You can give me the Dolphins' money line. I think they're due to bounce back. They have to. This Packers team still does not scare me. If they get a win here, they're going to run the table the rest of the year, which is crazy. But I think we're going to see the Packers make a run if they get it in the playoffs. So I think this is where it all falls for them, and I don't think they've been good enough this year to, to, to get there. So I'll take the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins kill their dreams. Really want to take the Packers. That plus 164 is I looking. know, it's crispy. Tempting. Oh, man. Give me the Packers money line. Give me a Rodgers master class. I really liked the over. It was going to be my pick um, because even if there is a Rodgers master class and the Dolphins win, um, then the over will definitely smack. Um, but I'm going with the Packers. Give me the Rodgers master class. Let them make a run and put all the haters to bed. I'd love to see it. Um, I know a lot of people aren't a fan of them, but I do think it would be good for the NFL storyline if yeah. he made a run. 
Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's my he's my favorite quarterback ever. I love him. I think if there's a team that's gonna gonna like put the fork in the Dolphins, it's also the Packers. So it's tough. Like, it, I think both teams. This is a really important game for both of these teams, and I think that we are poised for a really good game. The over, like you mentioned, it, there's there's definitely uh, there's a chance for that. So let's move on. Broncos Rams. Uh, Broncos currently two and a half point favorites headed to SoFi. They're minus one forty four on the money line. The over under set at thirty six and a half. This is your pick. I do not envy you. This is a pick, uh, dude. This is disgusting. Is what it is. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm gonna go with the under. Um, it's probably about as square of a pick as you can pick for this game. But I mean, both offenses are terrible. And someone's got to suck. I do like the under. I do think both teams are probably just going to run the ball. Um, I don't know if Aaron Donald will be back. Uh, I haven't looked into it that closely. That's more of like a Saturday look at type yeah. of thing. But I do think the under is in play here. All right, fair enough. Um, I am going to be a complete psychopath and take the Broncos. They did a force last week. I think they can do a force again. The Rams stink. They're really bad. I do think the Broncos like are sort of rekindling something after that game against the Chiefs. I, I don't know if like a a, a switch kind of flipped or what, but it does kind of feel that way. Uh, a good win against the Cardinals last week, even though they're depleted. But the Rams are the same way. The Rams and the Cardinals are like the same team this year. So I'm gonna go with the Broncos. I think they get two in a row here. Uh, okay, Bucks cards up next. Bucks currently six and a half point favorites against the Cardinals. Uh, on Christmas Day, uh, nighttime. Boy, a lot of money on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, minus two ninety on the money line, over under set at forty one and a half. I think it's my pick. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know why I'm doing this. You can give me a Mike Evans touchdown at this point. It should be like plus 750 for him to score or literally do anything because he's been an absolute corpse this season. But I do think against just an awful Cardinal secondary outside of Buda Baker that he's going to have a couple of chances. I do think that he scores in this game. It's going to be a Christmas miracle that Mike Evans rises from the dead. So I'll take, uh, I'll take an Evans TD. I'm going to tail with you. I think okay. he's due. Oh, he's, he's beyond... He's been due for like 10 weeks, Jeremy. Yeah, he is very due. So let's go with Mike Evans. Um, it's going to be a damn shame when Russell Gage scores I twice know. again. Like, catches one out of the backfield, and we're just like, okay. But give me Mike Evans. Okay, fair enough. And then we have our final game of the week, Monday, Boxing Day, as we call it. This is a day of soccer for me, but it'll be nice to have a Monday night game as well. Chargers, three-and-a-half-point favorites in Indy against the Colts, who just blew a 33-point lead. Chargers minus one to Indy eight on the money line, over-under set at 46-and-a-half. This is your pick, and it's ugly. The money's at 90%. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't even going to click it and look. Uh. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. I, I don't care. It, it, dude, it's... There's no way yep. the Colts win this game. Give me the – I know the value is not great, um, but I'm just going to take the Chargers' money line. I do think that they win this game, and 
if you want to do any long-term parlays over the weekend, since we do got Saturday, Sunday, Monday games, a little Chargers uh, money line to cap off the end of the parlay would would make things exciting. So I'm going with Chargers money line here. Fair enough. Uh, what I'm going to do is, I mean, I'm walking into the trap, but I'm actually going to jump even further into the trap, get this to plus money, take the Chargers minus five and a half at plus 106. Uh, Jeremy's going to be wise and I'm going to be a moron, which is a recurring theme on this show. But I do think that the chargers win this game by a touchdown might be a blocked kick. Don't want to get jammed up with that. So I'll take chargers minus five and a half off that spread up, uh, and take the value, throw it into a parlay, get, you know, get, get rowdy. You're going to have some money after Christmas. Just, just sprinkle a little bit on Herbert. Um, and that's it. That's uh, that's all we have for, for the week of Christmas. I want to thank you guys uh, for listening as always. Uh, we're headed into the new year here soon, but it's been a fantastic year uh, recording these shows. Not necessarily a great year on the books for me, but I know Jeremy's been doing okay. So we just want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever you guys do. Uh, happy holidays, and, and thanks for listening. Make sure you check us out on social media at Post20 Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us on uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts if you want to listen to past episodes of the show. That's where everything goes. So make sure you head over and listen to the World Cup recap too because uh, we, we just did that. And we'll be right back into Premier League soon. So keep your eyes peeled uh, for the NFL content, for the Premier League content, and we'll see you guys soon. Take care.